From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, you're listening to First Chair. I'm George Thomas, joined this morning by Ben Roberts. Thanks very much, Ben. Great to chat with you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, Inner Mountain Division, tell us a little bit about where you are and uh, some of the areas that are in your division. Well, first, you got to remember the word northern because in front of Inner Mountain. Um, and then uh, we are primarily southern Idaho. So we are um, now with the merger of Alaska and Northwest, we are in geography and in numbers, the smallest division in PSIA ASI, which I like to think of us as very small, but also very nice. Um, we cover Bogus Basin, Brundage, Pomerel, Sun Valley, and um, the accompanying some of the accompanying ski teams and adaptive schools within that uh, within that territory. And what is your position with Northern Intermountain? I am uh, Alpine Certification VP, so kind of a, I guess, sort of a chairperson type role uh, looking after uh, Alpine Certification. We have a similar position that has more of an education focus that we uh, work together quite closely. Now, our focus with the podcast for this month is back to school, and you've got a background in sports psychology, correct? I do. I do. I uh, went back to went back to grad school and earned a master's degree from the University of Denver uh, from 2011 to 2013 in sport and performance psychology. So what we kind of wanted to focus on today was we've been talking a lot about preparing for the upcoming season, getting your body physically in shape. Let's talk about the things we can do mentally to help us attain our goals for the upcoming season. Right on. Well, the first thing, I mean, I, it seems like it's been touched on in some of the other recent episodes, is thinking about uh, your goals um, and getting a clear, you know, kind of wrapping your head around what it is that you're trying to do and how it is that you'd like to try and accomplish those things. Um, and then from there, you can take that into identifying maybe strengths that you want to build on, areas, opportunities for growth, I like to call them, where you might want to um, develop and improve a bit. And, uh, and then uh, there's all kinds of mental skills that just like uh, just like movement skills are kind of practiced and learned and uh, that aren't just that aren't just innate that you need to put some time into. But uh, just like you can with on hill training and, and preseason dry land uh, gym work, uh, you can you can put in that time and, and really make a difference. Now, visualization in my bicycle training is is huge. How can we bring that into our skiing and riding? Uh, it's an interesting topic. I think um, a lot of people do it without realizing it to some extent, you know, kind of thinking things through. I prefer to think of it as imagery in the sense of encompassing all the senses. Um, and that uh, there's a lot of research that suggests that the more senses you can involve, the more useful uh, a tool uh, imagery becomes for a variety of different purposes. Um, how do you use it in your cycling? Oh, when I'm... I'll get an image in my head when I'm on the indoor trainer and close my eyes and I will just become a rider out on the course. I feel the desert. I feel the heat. I can hear the music from my follow vehicle just blasting. Uh, I see the competition out there, maybe riding away from me and having the patience to allow them to ride away and then uh, come back and try to run them down later. And this is all going on in my head. And no kidding, it's so 
clear and real in my head when I finally open my eyes on the trainer. I'm generally surprised to find myself in the basement. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. The um, there's two. If you look at it as a skill, there's two main kind of measures um, that are pretty key to not really measurables, but but two key characteristics that are that are really critical. Um, there's vividness. The more vivid you can make it, the better. Um, it sounds like you definitely got that going on on the bike. And then there's controllability. How how much are you truly in the driver's seat of what is taking place? Because um, the more in control you are, the more you can kind of manipulate. You know, are you riding in the morning or the afternoon? You know, can you taste the, what what flavor? You know, cliff bar aftertaste do you have in your mouth? Just weird stuff like that. Um, again, also the more useful it uh, it becomes. So that's um, so looking at as a sort of a training goal for skiers, for any athletes or folks in any in any realm, really, um, your your target is uh, being as vivid as possible and being in control. Now, one thing I'd really like to to hear your opinion on. I've talked to some other athletes and just on my own experience, sometimes when I'm visualizing, I see myself in the third person, like, you know, watching myself ride. And then other times it's through my own eyes. Is there a better, is there, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so the conventional wisdom for a long time, so you've got your two perspectives or how it would be described would be internal. You know, you're looking through your own eyes as you're performing that task. And there's that external which is usually some version of a, of a video game, you know, sort of you're hovering, you're like the halo hovering <laughs> over your own head, watching yourself go. Um, although that also would include maybe you're watching yourself coming down the mountain or, or, you know, as a, as a spectator at the event in, in some way, shape or form. So the perspective can vary, but it's usually more of that sort of that angel sort of God's eye view where you're, where you're just sort of behind yourself, watching yourself go. Um, and, Typically, folks will find themselves in one of those two places when they get started with imagery, just for whatever reason, one or the other is where different people default, and there's not necessarily clear reasons for that. Um, and for the most part, a lot of the history of study of sports psychology would hold that they're both pretty similarly useful. There's some more recent research um, in the last 10 years that is saying that in fact that external third person um, perspective is more consistently effective and useful for a greater range of purposes that you might be using imagery for. I personally like to train towards both and I feel like that's one of those kind of controllability things where if you're able to get good at, you know, if you're feeling really comfortable in one, start working on the other and then you've got them both and you can go back and forth as the situation demands or ask your attention desires. Now, is this something that we could use to improve our teaching as well as our skiing and riding skills? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think if you back it off towards, um, you know, if you look at the purposes of why somebody might perform imagery, um, you have it as, as a learning kind of a thing. Um, so you can go through scenarios, you can go through experiences, and that's for movement as well as really anything else. You've got it. There's a, there's a really key confidence aspect to it. So if you think about some of the things that you need to teach well, it's to be confident in within the bounds of your abilities and what it is that you're trying to do. Um, it's preparation for, you know, 
poor performance and uh, maybe dealing with a with a, a success or a, or a non-success. You know, if you need to pick yourself up and brush the dust off, sometimes being able to go through and imagine a successful version of that. And certainly I found myself there after maybe a clinic that could have gone a little bit better. I try and, you know, take myself through a more um, enhanced version of that experience as a way of kind of setting things right and um, and while also learning from it. Um, And then there's a performance preparation. I guess I had preparation already, but uh, where you're kind of, you know, kind of getting your mind right, you know, maybe, maybe you're about to, you know, go out to that lineup and you know you've got a challenging uh, guest or a a situation that you're excited about, but there's some key things you need to make sure you get right. You can kind of, it's a way that you can maybe get yourself amped up or settle down um, and just in the right mindset you need to be in to to go out and, and deliver that lesson. Now, what frame of mind should we be in when doing some mental imagery you know, I was saying I, I do this a lot when I'm on the indoor trainer, so I'm actually having the movement and everything going. Uh, I can't really see that with skiing and riding in the basement, you know, acting like I'm making a turn. <laughs> I feel kind of stupid. No. Um, <laughs> well, you know, and, and there is, so if you're, so just if you take it at your basic, at its most basic level, you're, you're sitting or standing or lying down somewhere and imagining yourself doing stuff, whether you're moving those body parts are not. Um, there's been some really neat research done with, uh, you know, wiring wiring folks up and uh, and and looking for muscles firing. You know, are there are there neurological impulses going on? And in fact, there are. So whether you're actually going through the motion as you could on a on a trainer, uh, hopefully you're not doing it. Hopefully you're doing it on a trainer, not on rollers. That sounds terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right off, <laughs> right through the wall. I'm not a very, I'm not very good on rollers, so maybe that's just me. Um, you're so those muscles are firing. So, which obviously, from a motor learning standpoint, is pretty crucial. But from a performing it standpoint, you know, if you think about riding a chairlift, your legs are dangling. You know, and you know, there's been quite a lot of tips over the years and ideas in 32 degrees and elsewhere about you know how you can make practice edging and rotating your legs from sitting on a chairlift. Well, you can close your eyes and you can do exactly that while maybe imagining yourself, you know, ripping some ripping some dynamic turns on your favorite run that you're about to go ski, say, um, and kind of get the best of both worlds there. So not only would this be good in preparation for coming teaching and our own skiing, but it seems like if we went through some visualization, mental imagery periods going into an exam, that would be a very smart thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's, it's kind of an interesting thing talking with colleagues working in, in sports psychology is, um, professional examinations, test taking is not generally on the list of things that you would think of using mental skills for, but it's absolutely a performance situation. Um, you're being put on the spot to perform a variety of tasks, um, on demand with, and there are consequences to how well or poorly, uh, you perform them. So, uh, it fits, it fits right into anything that's either a competitive performance or you look at the work being done with folks that have, you know, like folks in emergency medicine, firefighters, police officers, soldiers that are, maybe it's not competitive, but there's high stakes on demand performance. Absolutely. That's what exams are. And is there an amount of time that you recommend people put aside to do this, uh, maybe yeah. a specific number of days per week, as well as how long someone should be spending on that imagery. 
Well, so what I like, what I think is really important, and it, it kind of steps back to some of those goal-setting conversations, which is if you start kind of with the end in mind and work yourself back towards where your present is, and you know, reflecting on what you want to do, uh, how you want to do it. If you kind of, you know, you can think of it in, in fancy sports science terms, but periodization is just really just looking at the period of time you have, what you're trying to accomplish, and chunking it out, um, and doing that based on what resources are available when and, and what kind of time you have and that kind of stuff. So chunking it out uh, also allows you to say, I think it's pretty important with any task, any learning process to say, I'm gonna, this is going to be my main focus for a period of time. But then I'm going to not, maybe not walk away from it completely, but then not only focus on that. If it's, if everything's kind of, if you're sort of working on everything all the time, it generally doesn't work as well. And that's why um, the introduction of periodization in a whole bunch of ways, you know, 50, 60 years ago now, was such a revolutionary thing is it allowed us to work so much more efficiently. So I'd say setting aside a period of uh, four to six weeks, say, to to set some specific objectives to work through a process of, of practicing learning and developing your imagery skills. That's interesting you said um, specific because I'm thinking of Robin Barnes's interview on goal setting, and she was very adamant that we'd be specific with our goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gets a lot of that gets a lot of play. You get your you get your various acronyms in there, um, and being specificity is is pretty key. But I think it's also important to be specific with how you are approaching things. So if you're always just sort of going out and taking a taking a random stab at it, you know, yeah, it's helpful, it's good, but ultimately it's maybe not as efficient, effective as it could be. Um, so, and, and I guess to that end, looking at having a time period um, of that you're going to work it in, you know, say three times a week, you know, three to five times a week working it into your, you know, whatever your regular workout or, or day is, you know, having between 15 minutes and 15 and 30 minutes to to take yourself through a, a progression of things over that time period is going to be a, an excellent tool. Well, Ben, I am hoping that in the future we can take a lot of advantage of your sports psychology background. It's a uh, field that I have so much interest in and I have so many questions for you. So thank you very much for joining this morning. Right on. Yeah, no, it's great to share. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Ben Roberts of the Northern Intermountain Division on First Chair from the PSI AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.